Hello, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 139, and we are finishing our study of First Peter. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Can't believe this is the final section of scripture. I know. In first craziness. Craziness. And we will have like a recap, but like this yeah. is our final actual digging into verse by verse scripture yep so let's start today's episode with a glimpse of grace where is a glimpse of God's grace you've seen recently so if you've been listening you might know that I love to garden it is a hobby that I picked up during quarantine days um but I do not love gardening in July and August in Texas because it's so hot because it's so stinking yeah. hot. And well, I, I love really that you garden in July and August because then I get all the okra. <laughs> I was going to say, that's really the only thing that grows is the okra. <laughs> and I think that's part of why I don't like it because part of what I love about gardening are the flowers. Mm-hmm. And there's just not a lot of flowers that do great. Even the vincas, which like the heat okay, they struggle yeah. in July and August. And so... We are now recording this in September, which means even though it's still hot outside, the um, sun's going down Mm -hmm. earlier. It's cooler in the mornings, and I can tell my plants are starting to perk up. We planted some fall things. We planted Mm. potatoes a couple of days ago. I've got kale started inside, so working on all the – I'm going to have like 20 kale plants, I was going to tell you. Hopefully. Hopefully it works. Give me some for my smoothies. Yeah, we started like – planning all the fall things they had mums in the store yesterday so I bought some mums and I'm like okay there's hope there's hope fall's coming pumpkin spice is in (laughs) the coffee shops like feeling that glimpse of a new season a -hmm. little bit of coolness even though I love summer honestly summer is probably my favorite time of year I love summer but I also love a fresh new season. Mm-hmm. So that makes me yeah. excited. Yeah. And it is definitely a glimpse of God's grace that he gave us seasons. Yeah. Oh, um, for sure. I think there's so much. The Bible says so much about seasons and there's so much to be said for seasons. So what yeah. about you? Um, I think a big glimpse of grace, and I'm saying that kind of sarcastically, but <laughs> that we got our couch. We got a couch Woo-hoo! for upstairs. We've been waiting like six months for this couch to come. Um, but. Tomorrow night, tomorrow will be Friday, and we try to do, like, movie nights with the girls, but we've been so busy the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, yeah. and so I'm excited for just a movie night, tomorrow night, pizza and movie, and watching a movie, and not having to sit on the floor. Do you know what movie y'all are going to watch? No. We just watched Free Willy with the girls last Free week. Willy. I'm all about those 90, 90s movies, and they just loved it. Oh. Like, they loved it so much. I don't okay. know. Your girls might get a little scared in some yeah. parts, because they... But Juliana loved it. It oh. was, it's, it, I love watching those. Like, I don't remember that movie movies. at all. Oh man. It was one of our favorites I in our like house. So, you got to be careful with the, the Michael Jackson. Movies. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I there's a little bit of gang activity. But there was like, <laughs> uh, like we were going to watch Little Rascals the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, these kids are so mean to each <laughs> They're other. They're so mean. They're so and mean. And they like say they hate each other. And I'm like, oh, stop. I know. I know. 
<laughs> Sorry if you love what were we doing in the I 90s? Don't but I don't remember thinking it was a big deal when no, I was a it kid. Wasn't. So I probably I guess we were I'm just being kids. <laughs> well, and I I'm just like an overanalyzer yeah. when it comes to yeah. movies and yeah. stuff. So yeah. Okay, let's get so to the where text. are we picking up? Well, we see again that we're starting with the word so. Um, some all some translations might also say therefore. So we always have to see what the therefore is it's therefore. therefore. <laughs> um, and so we're coming off of a couple of heavy weeks of passages talking about yeah. suffering and mm-hmm. trials and how God uses those for our good and, and how we are to live holy lives in light of those things. Um, and, and today there's a little bit of a shift where Peter's going to more specifically address um he calls out elders. So like the leaders within the church, but don't let that stop you from thinking this is for you. Um, all scripture is breathed out by God. It's all important. It's all good. Um, and we're all all of us are, most of us are leading in some way, whether that's in your church, in your home, um, Mm, over your kids, mm -hmm. in your work, but also all of us are being led. We should all be under leadership within our church should be. And so, yes, (laughs) call to the local church. Um, but so this passage is for us, um, in both ways in whether you're leading or whether you're being led. Um, so let's keep that in mind and let's not write this off and think this doesn't apply to me because I'm not an elder. Cause that's just not true. Yep. So verses one through four. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not as com- not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in charge, in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So like Aaron said, why does this matter to us? Like most people listening to this podcast right now more than likely are not elders. Mm-hmm. If you're an elder listening to this podcast, welcome. Thank you for <laughs> listening. But most people aren't. And so mm-hmm. why does it matter? Um, and I was reading a commentary and what he was saying was that it reminds us of their role, mm-hmm. um, that a shepherd's primary task was to feed their sheep. And we'll see in a minute, shepherds had other tasks mm-hmm. other than just feeding the sheep, but that was their primary role. And it's like I told the girls at lunch because they were talking about, they asked why we um, pray for our food. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about how it's, it's shown for us in the Bible. Like Jesus gives us that example in the Mm -hmm. Bible. But I said, also, I believe that we pray before we eat because food is one of our very basic needs. Mm. And so it's just reminding us over and over and over when we thank God for our food, that he's our provider and he's providing this very basic need. And so that was one of the shepherd's primary tasks. If the sheep couldn't eat, They were doomed. They had to eat. And so a pastor's primary role is to feed the church the word of God through sound preaching and teaching, Mm -hmm. not entertainment. Mm -hmm. He's not there for therapy. And I feel like this feels kind of countercultural right now because pastors have so much put on them. They have so many different roles that everybody thinks they're supposed to Mm -hmm. fulfill Um, just because Maybe it hasn't been taught very well what a pastor's role actually is. Mm. And their actual role is to feed the sheep, which means to feed us as the church, the word of God. Mm. And so we as um, the congregation, as the church underneath their leadership, need to be sure to let them do that as their primary role. Mm. 
they will have other talents and giftings that they can also use, but those things need to be secondary. Their first calling is to preach and teach the word of God. Mm, that's good. That's good. I couldn't help but think as I was um, studying this, I couldn't help but think of, I mean, that this is written by Peter. Um, and back in the gospels, we see when after Jesus had died and, and he was talking to Peter and well, he obviously had risen again at that point. He wasn't still in the tomb. <laughs> Right? Yeah, it was after he died and he was he had come back. Um, I'm pretty sure that's right. When he was here for the 40 days. I'm pretty I think sure. So. Okay. And um, Jesus was talking to, yeah, because it was after Peter had denied him. Okay. Got that straight. Um, so Jesus went over to, to Simon Peter and asked him, Do you love me? And Peter's like, Yes, I love you. And he asks, and he says to him, Then feed my lambs. And he asks him again, do you love me? He asks him three times and he tells him to feed my lambs, to tend my sheep, to feed my sheep. And so I couldn't, I just, I'm just like picturing, like Peter's a real person having had that real experience where Jesus is like, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. And now Peter is then in taking exactly what Jesus had said to him and saying that to the leaders of the church. This is what Jesus said to do. Jesus mm -hmm. said to feed the sheep, to take, yep. to be a shepherd to his people. And I just love that, like direct seeing that directly, like this is what Jesus told him. This is what he's telling mm -hmm. the leaders of the church. And, th and that's, that's what we're called to do, right? Like mm -hmm. none of this is all right, Casey and my ideas. None of nope. this is, you know, it's all <laughs> yeah. what we're trying to do is this is what Jesus says to do. Now let's encourage mm -hmm. one another and let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And he even says that he says as a fellow elder. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. And I love that you drew that connection. And I think this is where knowing the story of scripture and knowing your Bible can be so cool mm -hmm. and beneficial. We talked about in the first episode that you don't want to, you don't want to necessarily obsess over Peter's past before you read this book. You don't have to know every single thing about him, but Aaron has read the book of John. I mean, she, she knows this part about Peter's story. And so she's able to make that connection and she's able to think, wow, how awesome is that? That Jesus himself told Peter, go feed my sheep. And now Peter is passing on those same instructions to fellow elders. Well, and even like we could take this a lot further, but I think even the fact that this happened where Jesus was saying, like, do you love me? Like, that was probably a very hard conversation for Peter. Oh, absolutely. Because he had denied him. Yes. Mm -hmm. He had denied Jesus. And then now Jesus is risen. And he's like, do you love me? And, and Peter's feeling like he has to justify, like, yes, I do. I do. I know I denied you. And so this was probably a very... Um, I don't want to say the word traumatic, but it's probably bringing up a lot of shame mm, for him or yeah. embarrassment. And yeah. so the fact that he's able to take something mm. that would have probably been a suffering to him right. and turn and still use that. He's like, he's modeling for us what he told us in the last chapter, yeah. like trust yourself to the creator and do good. Right. So that's what he's doing. He's trusting that God is using even his mistakes and even his, you know, this hard time in his mm -hmm. life and he's still continuing to do good with it. Yeah, that's good. Okay, verses six and seven. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I mean, you could just underline the amount of times we see the word humble or humility I in know. those three verses. Like yeah. it's just the same theme that we've seen throughout. And I love that Peter's so consistent and just drilling that point home 
And so I've been thinking a lot about humility. And if you want to read a book about humility, there's a book called Humility. (laughs) And it's by Andrew Murray. And it's a short book. It's maybe 70 pages. But it is like mind blowing about to really how to grasp humility and how to live it out and look at at Christ. But I think just a one very minor takeaway of that in a practical way, if you're like, well, I want to do this, is really just keeping your eyes on Jesus. Mm, Yep. Um, Because if you take your eyes off Jesus, you're either looking at you know, the situation in front of you, or you're looking at yourself Mm -hmm. and either of those ways are going to turn to either pride or self-pity or, um, self-hatred or just, Mm -hmm. it's all going to be inward. And so humility is really about keeping your eyes on Jesus and, and not thinking about yourself or your situation as much. Yep. Yep. That's good. I ran across a clip from a Elizabeth Elliott podcast. It was probably from like her radio show. Um, and she said the roles of men and women are not earned. They are not deserved. They are assigned. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was good in thinking about all of the times we've talked about submission in first Peter, because again, it's saying be subject to the elders, those that are younger. Mm -hmm. And I just think that I think it's really cool how Peter has tied together this submission and this humility because humility is so necessary for submitting to, to other people, to leadership of other people. And then just remembering in that, that these are roles that God assigned to us. Mm -hmm. It's not like that elder that um, is leading your church or that pastor that's leading your church is better than you or has, um, has something more special. Like it's an assigned role by God and just remembering that. And if we do submit ourselves to the faithfulness of God and to, to his will, like we've talked about on other episodes, then that, that takes a lot of humility, um, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, one of the things about humility is like, it's almost like the more you want to work on it, the worse it is because you're the like harder it is yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of like don't pray for patience yes. they say <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and so in one of the commentaries I was reading I thought this was a really helpful um point to think about so it says humility and submission were the consistent marks of Jesus's character if any young man had the right to put himself above elders it was Jesus of Nazareth mm-hmm. but the Bible is clear that he resisted taking the reins of leadership before God's appointed time came Rather, he was quite content to simply increase in wisdom and stature in favor with God and with man. Um, And he says, as it was for the Son of Man, it's true for each one of us. We are to be known for our submission and humility. And I think that's that's like such a good point, because sometimes we might think, well, maybe I have a higher education than my elders, or maybe I have more life experience than my elders, or whatever it is. But it's like, if anybody had the right to be, you know, not submit to their elders or not to submit It would have been Jesus. He had all knowledge, all wisdom, all, you know. I remember one time I asked Jonathan, we were talking about that. I was like, do you think it was hard for Jesus, like, not Mm. to say anything and not to teach and not (laughs) to preach? And, you know, like, not that he was, I mean, not that he was, like, not letting truth out of his mouth because of course he was but his real ministry didn't start Mm -hmm. until later in life and then also this week we were talking about something completely different I think we're well we're reading the book of Acts with the girls so I think that's why it came up but um how Paul 
there was such mm. a long time. And you see with David too, you see several times in the Bible that God called these ah. people to ministry and to teaching or, or they were converted or, or whatever. And then there was a long period of time before their actual ministry started or for David. That's a word. He became that is king. a word right there. And so that's one thing that we, it goes back to gardening that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, but just knowing that like, Sometimes the Lord will plant these seeds and it takes a long mm-hmm. time for them to grow mm. to their full um, potential or full yeah. calling character. And yes. And so time, mm. like things take time and that's, that's we okay don't like and that. good. And we don't like good. that, yeah. but it's good. And it's yeah. how God designed it. Mm. Man, that's good. So verses nine and 10 or eight and sorry. Verses eight and nine. Be Mm -hmm. sober minded. I promise I'm sober. Be sober minded. (laughs) Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. This, like these verses almost bring me to tears right now Mm. because thinking about our brotherhood throughout the world Mm -hmm. and the suffering that Mm -hmm. fellow Christians are facing, they've all, we've always had persecution throughout the world, but seeing that in such a clear way right now, is just like, it just makes this so much more real. But I think it's interesting that Peter uses a lion here when talking about Satan, because I always think of Aslan and I'm like, Oh, that's Jesus. And that's, that's what we think about a lot of times is the lion of Judah, which is Mm Jesus. But this image, is actually also used in the Psalms and I looked it up um, for the wicked and enemies. So a lion's used for both Jesus and Satan. Um, And I think Mm. right here, it's such a good picture and a reminder of how vicious Satan actually is. Like he seeks to devour. Like Mm. you think about a lion prowling around. Like I always think about um, the Lion King and like at the end where the bad lions have like take where Scar has like taken over and he's like prowling around. I haven't watched that movie since I was seven because it (laughs) scarred me and I didn't want to think about my dad dying. I know it's so sad. It's so sad. But that's what I think about. I think about Scar when, when the Bible's talking about about Satan as mm-hmm. a lion and mm-hmm. just how mean he is mm-hmm. and how he's just looking to, to hurt and to harm how he, how he killed Simba's daddy. <sighs> it's just awful, <laughs> but it, it reminds us that we need to be alert and not let our guard down because Satan is seeking that. Right. Like he Active. wants to, yes, yeah. he wants to devour us. And so again, it's a call to action to mm-hmm. be alert and be aware of that. So the first time I read this, I read it like completely different emphasis on the different syllables or, you know, that's silly saying. <laughs> I was like, wait, what are you saying? What's so, the emphasis? <laughs> so I read it, the f- verse nine, I first read it as like knowing that there's suffering going on all around the world is like really discouraging. So you need to stand firm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think what Peter's actually saying is what you're saying, Casey, is that knowing that suffering is being experienced throughout the world kind of gives us this brotherhood that allows us to resist him and and stand firm. Mm -hmm. So we're not isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. I think that's good because right now we could look around and see all the suffering in our world and be disheartened by Mm -hmm. that and let it make us feel overwhelmed and just real heavy all the time. I feel like right right now within the church, there's just this like heaviness, Mm -hmm. which is appropriate because there are a lot of things going on, but that's one of the things Peter has been talking about throughout this whole book is 
rejoicing anyway, having joy through Mm -hmm. those times. So I think one of the ways we can have joy and we can rejoice is knowing that we're not alone. They're not alone. Like we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. Kind of like at the beginning of COVID, like I've told Jonathan several times lately, sometimes I wish I could go back to March of 2020 because I don't think our nation and our world has ever felt so united Mm. like at the very very beginning of the pandemic you didn't see right or left you didn't see anything I'm talking those first few weeks everybody just wanted to get through it everybody was helping everybody like dropping off food for people Mm -hmm. like there was just this united brotherhood amongst everybody and I think we can we can look at our brothers and sisters across the globe and and have peace and joy and hope because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. All right. Verses 10 and 11. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Like that's a benediction right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I here's what I love about this, and you can if you have your Bible out, like you can highlight, underline, circle. You may have already done this, but I love where it says that God Himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Mm-hmm. So it's it says like yeah, there is suffering. You're gonna suffer, but you know what? God is going to do this. God is going to restore you. God is going to confirm you. God is going to strengthen you and he's going to establish you. And I just love that, like that imagery, like envisioning God doing that, like coming up beside you and strengthening you. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the creator of the whole world is doing that. Mm -hmm. So I think the one that's like a little tricky is establish you. Like, what do you think that means? So another translation actually says settle you Mm -hmm. and Augustine said, and this is going to sound familiar because it's in a popular song right now, but it said, uh, he said, Almighty God, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. And the only way our souls can truly be settled is by the grace of God. So it Mm -hmm. says the God of all grace who has called you and then it finishes with that, that he will settle you. And so I just think of like just this peace in our soul when I, when I hear that and that things are chaotic, things are crazy. You feel restless. And the only way that you're going to truly be settled is through the grace of God. Mm, That's good. So we've got our final greetings here. Verses 12 through 14 by Silvanus, a faithful brother. As I regard him, I have written briefly to you exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is at Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings. And so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with the kiss of love. So does that mean go around kissing people? <laughs> Let's talk about that. In the commentary, it said he was like, that's not necessarily what it means. But if you want to have at it. <laughs> <Sprouls up> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm reading his biography, you know, and yeah. one, of the, one of the stories he just told was about one of his good friend, Jim Boyce, found out he had cancer. And he said that Jim Boyce was very like strong and stoic, man. But he had a picture. Sproul had a picture in his office of Boyce standing at his pulpit and then Sproul Kissing him on the cheek. That's probably why he said that in the book. He must have liked the kisses of love. That's so funny. Well, when I was looking that up, it was talking about that this is really just a good reminder of us that we are called to be family. Because Mm, in that time, you you would really just greet 
family with the kiss of yeah, love, which was just dead. a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. Um, and so he was just that, just that reminder of you guys are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are mm-hmm. a family. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things that I think we can pull from these greetings, sometimes with greetings and in introductions, when we're studying a book, we're just like, oh, that's just the intro. Yeah, that's just the greeting. Over like kind of just skim yeah. over it. But there's some cool things in here. Um, Peter is telling us why he wrote this mm-hmm. letter. He's kind of summarizing. He says that he, you know, he, he wanted to declare the true grace of God and he wants us to stand firm in it. So he's tell- he's reminding us that he wants us to know the gospel and how it works in our lives. Mm-hmm. He's calling us to stand firm. Um one of the sermons I listened to on this, I thought was really helpful was that thinking about foundation. So like the foundation of a house, right? If the foundation of the house is wobbly, like then the house is not going to be great. But then he kind of drew even more of a word picture with this that I've kind of been processing. And and for some reason to me, it's helpful. So I'm going to try and explain it on here. But basically he was saying, Sometimes without saying it or knowing it, we might get it reversed and we might think the foundation is our obedience Mm -hmm. and that God's grace is poured out on top of that, which then saves us. And he's like, it's the complete opposite. God's grace is the foundation and our obedience is what comes comes from from that. that. And so I was trying to think of like, why does that really matter? Like, it seems like almost a really small difference, right? Because either way, we're still saying it's God's grace and obedience both matter, mm-hmm. but it matters everything. It matters everything. If we think our obedience has anything to contribute to our salvation, then yeah. we're completely missing the gospel. And so I was trying to think of like, what are some, what is like a practical way that that might play out? And so again, Casey, you can call this one out if there's a lot of flaws in this thinking, but I've been talking with my girls a lot about why we eat healthy foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was thinking, there's, if they were to get the gospel backwards, if they were to think it was obedience with a little grace poured mm-hmm. on top, then that would look like them eating the healthy foods because I told them to, and they want to earn my love. Yeah. So, but if they get the gospel correctly and understand that it's, it's God's grace poured out on us that then obedience flows from, then what they can do is they can rest and know that mom loves them. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I'm giving them healthy food is because it's for their good. And though it might not always feel good or always right. taste good or always right. be what they want, it ultimately is for their good. Yeah. And the, and the big difference that in that is in the first one, they're thinking what they do is earning, earning love. Something, in the yeah. second one, what they're doing is flowing from the fact that they trust my love. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they can say, okay, I don't understand this, but I know mom, but in reality, God loves me. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that helps me with like all the things we talked about with the submission, with the suffering, with all these different ways that Peter is calling us into holy living is I'm not doing this to earn love, but I can trust God mm-hmm. and I can trust his love for me. So I can do these things and I want to do these things in response to what God has already done because of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That made me think just as you were talking about that, maybe part of the reason our culture has trouble grasping the gospel this way mm-hmm. is it, it might actually kind of flow from some of our parenting. I've seen this trend towards letting your kids kind of make the calls mm-hmm. and do whatever they want um, because they think they know what's best. You're like, I've heard, well, they're their own person. They're their own human. They mm-hmm. know what's best for them. So like letting a four-year-old do whatever they want to do. So mm-hmm. in your example, 
your kids would be eating chocolate all the time or candy or whatever they like and not realizing that like, no, as parents, because we love them and we know what's best for Mm -hmm. them, we need to guide them and Mm -hmm. let them and tell them these things that are best for them, even if they don't feel like it's that way. And so I think that in our culture, we have just this like independence Mm -hmm. and this need to like push against authority or not be under authority. And we think we know what's best for us, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, we truly know what's best for our four-year-old. God truly knows what's best for us. And so I'm seeing this as you were talking, like I was thinking about all the places I'm Mm -hmm. seeing this in our culture right now. And I think things are so jumbled up. And if we would just go back to how the gospel truly plays out, I think these other things could flow from that and there would be other areas in our life that could also fit into place better because that's how God has designed it. Yeah. I always come back to the Psalms as the boundaries have fallen for me in pleasant places and yeah, you know, yeah. kids probably wouldn't say pleasant places because mom gave me Turkey today and I wanted peanut butter and honey. That exactly. was the argument this morning. So, but <laughs> at, at the end of the day, like the yeah. boundaries have fallen for me in, right. in pleasant places. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, like we talked about with the greeting one another and even just the way that we hear him talk about, like, so does Mark, my son. And, and most commentators say that this is actually about Mark, who wrote the gospel of Mark, who's not actually Peter's son, um, but just reminding us of this unity and this family and this brotherly call that yeah. we have when we, our yeah. identity is in Christ, we are family. Yeah, it's good. I have a friend that always, always like in her text, she all, I'll say, Hey friend, but she always says, Hey sister. Mm -hmm. She always calls me sister. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always just such a good reminder to me that we truly are family. Yeah. We're, we're truly sisters in Christ. Yeah. And it's just a really cool thing. Yep. So we end with this final, um, not greeting. What's opposite of greeting? Is it, it's kind of an exhortation. Yeah. He says, benediction, peace (laughs) to all of you who are in Christ. And we could just take this as what it is, is is a greeting or a benediction of peace to all of you who are in Christ. But I like to think that maybe he's doing a little bit more here and this could just be me, but I think that he's kind of, he's kind of doing what he's done this whole letter. He's kind Mm -hmm. of saying who you are Mm -hmm. and what you're called to. And he's, he's telling them peace to all of you who are in Christ. So he's reminding them you are in Christ. And that you is, can have peace yes, because you're in Christ. That is the biggest thing about you. More than where you live, more than where you're from, more than what you do. The biggest part of your identity is mm. that you are in Christ. And now you know from all the things we've talked about in the last nine weeks that because you're in Christ, here's some things about how you're supposed to live. Yeah, it's good. And that's First Peter. And that's <laughs> First Peter. So if I were to ask you to sum up the whole book of first Peter for me, what would you say? Remember when I asked you to do that about Genesis and you yes. had like no preparation? Yes, but I did it and I did a great <laughs> job. You did do a great job. You did a great, <laughs> great job. Okay. So I probably, this is probably going to be too summarized where I probably should have gone into more detail, but I think you could summarize it if you wanted to get it into one long run on sentence or like two shorter <laughs> sentences. I would say, um, Peter tells us who God is and what he's done. And what our identity is as chosen exiles, um, how we are to live out that identity being shaped by the gospel in holy living, to be servants like Christ and to see suffering and submission as a way to grow in Christ's likeness, all for the glory of God. That's good. It is a big 
run on sentence. Well, Paul does but it. But I love so it. Paul I does do it. it. Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Really good. So what would you say was kind of your big takeaway? Or what do you think like the Lord really showed you through this study of First Peter? Okay. So when I first thought about this question, um, there were two things that came to mind. And this could be kind of because this was like on the tail end of what we were studying in the last part of the book. But he talks about this all throughout. Um, but it's expect suffering but rejoice. So -hmm. rejoicing through suffering Mm -hmm. and just remembering that it's going to happen and remember um, the purpose of suffering and how we are to respond in suffering, that we're not alone, that Christ suffered, that we have fellow brothers and sisters that are also suffering for the same reasons. So that really stood out to me. And then, um, and part of the reason that we can rejoice is because it's not the end, remembering heaven. But then also, to live like Jesus. And Mm -hmm. the number one thing, and Aaron actually mentioned this earlier and I was like, Oh, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. I think the number one way to do that is through humility. Mm -hmm. We see humility woven all throughout talking about submission and um, just living this humble life. And the whole reason we are to do that is because it's, it's um, showing the world Christ Mm -hmm. because he so humble. I mean, everything he did was humble and it's such a big part of his character. And Mm -hmm. so we are to image that. Well, What about you? What was your biggest takeaway? Well, kind of similar to your second one. I kind of have two. So I think the first one is going along the lines of humility, but I think of more of like the word submission um, and servant hearted. I have a tendency, I'm a seven, eight on the Enneagram. So my tendency is any, any uh, rule or whatever. I'm like, well, I got to challenge that. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. just recognizing that throughout the last few weeks, I've kind of just been like, why is my immediate response when someone tells me to go 60 on the road? Why is my immediate response to be like, well, can I go 61? Like, like that's a silly <laughs> yeah, example, yeah. but re- like, why is that my mm-hmm. heart posture mm-hmm. and trying to just repent of that and, and mm-hmm. ask for God's grace and, and not doing that and really yeah. just being servant hearted. And instead of my first response being like, why do I have to listen to you? Yeah. Really just not being that way. Um, but second is just the, um, my, one of my biggest takeaways is just, the beauty of studying scripture this Mm -hmm. way. And my push would be is even if you don't have a study to go through immediately after this, just continue to study this way on your own. Um, and really I think the reason the Lord is really just showing the beauty of that through this book in particular is because there's so many things in this book that if you were to just read on your own, one random verse here or there would be really challenging and would be really easy to misinterpret. Mm -hmm. And so just the beauty of walking verse by verse and then it making so much more sense of when, when he says, you know, wives, don't be adorned with jewelry and and braided hair like that, that, you know, how do we, how do we interpret Mm -hmm. that? Oh, well, we're able to, because we see what Peter's doing here. Right. You know, we see the intent, we see the Mm -hmm. context. Um, so I think that's, that's my other big takeaway. That's good. Okay. So I think we're going to have like a recap episode. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for that coming next. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs. 